Okay, I have also started recording. <laughs> it's been good. Good? I'm glad to hear good. that. Uh, did I tell you about the guy who thought it was someone else? No. What context? So I was at work, and a guy calls me over, and he knew my name. He's like, oh, Tanner, over here. And I'm like, okay, random man, not dressed like I'm an employee. What's going on? And it turns out he's a, a vendor or a sales rep for a company or various companies, whatever. Details don't matter. Anyways, he's like, yeah, by the way, I and I heard that you've been liking your job here ever since you transferred from the home center. And I said, I've never worked at the home center. Because <laughs> we have, the, under, under our brand, we have a home center, like a hardware store, and we have the grocery store. And he's like, yeah, you transferred from the home center like two years ago, didn't you? Like, no, I've worked at this store for 12 years. I've never worked in any home center. Oh, but... Uh, but uh, Kathleen said that you transferred over. And like, I've never known a person named Kathleen. <laughs> <laughs> Are you sure you're talking to the right Tanner? Yeah. And he was. It just turned out that somehow he had all of his other information about me incorrect. Oh, my. So, yeah, that's, that's a funny story. <laughs> <laughs> How about you? Oh, you know, I uh, actually I don't remember. Thing, th- things have just been fine. We finally came off overtime at work last Yay. Wednesday after Hooray. over after over four months straight. Disgusting. Of working overtime. Burn it down. Including like three or four weeks where we were on fifty-hour weeks. Finally, we are back on our regular eights. Yeah. Yeah. Do I get into this this episode? Yeah, yeah, let's do it. This is going to be, I think it is going to be less structured, which I think will be good for us. <laughs> I hope so. Or it's going to be three hours long. One way or another, we'll find out, right? <laughs> exactly. Just go ahead and grab a chair and listen now. As we riff the show, Tanner and Christine are going to figure out why we love this show. Better grab your golden stars and slushies, cause you're listening, you're listening to Loser Like Me. Loser Like Me. And welcome to Loser Like Me, a podcast where usually we watch an episode of Glee and then we talk about it. But we just finished the whole dang season last we last did, episode. We did, we did, we did it, y'all. And so, just before we can kill it and bury it in the ground forever, we're just gonna do it like a quick post mortem. Yeah, my name is Christina. I don't have a joke. I'm Tanner, and I also don't have a joke. <laughs> I mean, I have jokes. I just don't have jokes relevant to Glee. Look, we we didn't have to watch an episode of Glee for today, so we don't have a pre-planned joke to use in the beginning. <laughs> exactly. Here's here's my pre-planned joke. My mom was asking me if she should watch Encanto, and I said, yes, you should obviously watch Encanto. It's amazing. And she said, I've mm-hmm. heard a lot of good things about that song. What's that one song? What's the deal with Bruce? <laughs> <laughs> I also have not seen Encanto, but... I love your mother. She is fun. (laughs) (laughs) I really need to get my butt in gear and find a way to watch Encanto. Yeah. You really got to get your butt in gear and sit down and watch something and enjoy yourself. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it's mostly so that I can understand 
all of the memes that I keep seeing on everyone's on everyone's timelines. I'm just like, I don't understand this. You don't know what's the deal with Bruce. <laughs> I mean, Bruce's deal is that uh, he lives in a cave and dresses like a bat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he doesn't live in a cave. He lives in a mansion. He works in a cave. Gotcha. But also, every time that I pull open YouTube on, like, a private browser or whatever, because somehow I think that it'll keep me from being tracked when I'm listening to sitar music at work. (laughs) (laughs) I keep getting recommendations for this video that is, I'm assuming it's a mashup because it's like, we don't talk about apple bottom jeans. And it's like the whole thing of like, the character whose name I know is Bruno, like doing like the, I'm creepy face. And I'm like, is this what we've degenerated to? Seven second clips on YouTube? Mashing up a song from the mid-aughts, early to mid-aughts, with video from Encanto? I don't know. I mean, just yesterday I watched a video of Irish step dancers dancing to a mashup of Beach Boys, Surfing USA, and uh, Hot in Here. No, not Hot in Here. Apple Bottom Jeans. Okay. Oh, was it the was it the Step Dancing Brothers? No, it's the it's Carday, the the seven guys. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I was gonna say, oh, is it the group of guys who all kind of look the same because they don't ever get close enough for me to see their faces? <laughs> they, th- 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 as I fall deeper into Carday fandom, you you realize that they <laughs> do not all look the same, as opposed to the brothers who I'm pretty sure are actual twins. <laughs> yes, those those two are actual twins. Can confirm mostly because I uh, I have watched enough Step. That a couple of days ago, I was talking to my cousin about her D&D character, who was a fawn. And I was like, could she do step with her little tippy-tappy goat shoes? Or goat goat feet? Her goat hooves? My cousin was like, <gasps> yes! Here, hey, hang on, hang on, can I- no, no, it's, it doesn't work because they have made a whole Riverdance movie about Megatherium, the prehistoric deer. And it doesn't make sense because they only have the toes, they don't have the heel, they can't do heel moves. Tanner, don't ran in my parade, please. I'm raining on my own parade. Deer don't have heels. But she is a goat. Goats also don't- most- I don't think there's any ungulate that has a heel that touches the ground. I understand your science. I am going to respectfully ignore your science in the face of imagining a fawn doing step dance. (laughs) Um, Now a minotaur could step dance. (sighs) Yeah, but that's- that's not what I was thinking of. (laughs) Okay. Anyways, the members of Cardi all look different because there's there's the guy with the beard, and then there's the short guy, and then there's the guy who looks like the guy from Sex Education, there's a guy who looks like Ed Sheeran, there's a guy who looks extremely Irish, there's a guy who looks like my friend Austin, and I'm missing someone. And there's a twink. <laughs> okay. Okay, good to know, good to know. Anyways, <laughs> this episode, we're, we're going to do a quick review of the second season of Glee, and then we're going to ask some audience questions. My audience questions means we asked our friends to ask questions, and they did. And also, uh, from some weirdo named Christina, who I've never met before. My video is off, but I'm giving you a look. Christina, you know what's jokes. I know, I know. Okay, so, Christina, yeah. how, do you, how do you feel about season two? Yeah, so, overall, I think I feel positive about season two of Glee. I, I feel like in com- it definitely like built off of a lot of things that they established in season one, and it was really nice to have like the 
the briefest moments where, like, there was characterization for characters who were not Rachel and Will and Finn to a certain extent. And overall, like, I, I think it was generally an improvement. Do I think there was also a lot that they should have either nixed in the writing room or done or done a rewrite before they actually put it to film? Yes. But overall, I feel pretty good about season two. What about you, Tanner? I felt this season was very bisexual, uh, which is ironic because it was also extremely bi- biphobic. <laughs> yes, it was. It was. <laughs> This is this is the season where they like they went full force into both satirizing like after school special high school dramas, but also becoming an after school special high school drama. So there was very mm-hmm. a lot of tonal whiplash depending on the episode and even within the episode itself that did lead mm-hmm. to a lot of mixed messages. And you know, some sometimes it came out pretty unscathed. Like we've we've had some pretty harsh uh, worsts for some episodes, but I feel like mm-hmm. r- rumors mm-hmm. itself, other than everyone getting up on Sam, it was a good episode. Everything that yeah. happened in duets, we will we never again. Well, maybe some season three stuff, but that's like that's me. That's that's me saying season three might have contenders to beat duets, but duets is the best episode. Yeah, yeah. We'll we'll get to the rankings in a bit, but I think you are right in that so much of season two was it was uneven. There's you episodes like Rocky Horror Glee Show and Born This Way. They definitely started from a place of like we need to say something, and then at no point did they realize what they needed to say or how they wanted to say it. And that that's when it came with some, some real half baked, if not completely raw, <laughs> morals. Yeah, yeah, and I I feel like a part of it also may have been attributed to the writing. And how they they are still rotating through three separate writers or three separate head writers for each episode. And it's just like... See, I think... I don't think it's the rotation of three writers. I think it's the fact that it's only three writers. Like, most TV shows have a lot of writers. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. Or they have one group that works together. And the thing is, because it's just Ryan and Ian and Brad... And they're, mm-hmm. they they all have writing duty, but some of them also have directing duty, and Ryan also has pro- and Brad also have production duty. It's yeah, like yeah, everyone is being spread too thin, and that was the, like I think like even though it had already been renewed for season three, there were Fox executives apparently who came to them, saw that they were rewriting the season finale while they were doing the season finale, and said, "We are making you hire new writers and additional writers for next season." <laughs> This we're making an investment wow. in this show. We want it to actually pay off. Wow, <laughs> you know the production is bad when when the execs have to step in and say we're going to make this better for you. You don't yeah. have to do it all by yourself. And like I can understand like when something's your baby and you're very protective of it, but when it's a huge yeah. show like that, you 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 need to find other ways to be protective of it. And if you're pro- the yeah. producer Ryan, <laughs> you can still put yeah. the kibosh on plot elements. You should have, but you won't, because many of the things you mm-hmm. should have kiboshed were things that you invented. Yep. But, but that's that's the thing, is that, yeah, they were, they were very much spread too thin. Mm-hmm. But okay. starting next season, there's an actual, like, writer's room. Oh, good. I'm and glad that's, to that's hear the that. other That's the other side of things. It's like, if you look at Power Rangers Dino Fury, they have, like, three writers. But they all pretty much write the episodes together. And even if only some or one is credited, the others will, they will talk on their social media on how they have collaborated with the other ones for that same episode. So even if there's, like, a head writer, there is still, like, 
it's the same group of people working on the same project, as opposed to Glee, which as far as I can tell was just, you walk into set, you see what happened last episode, and whoever wrote last episode is in the wind. Yeah. But also, that's uh, that's over a, not over a decade, but it, but it is at least seven to nine years between productions. It is over a decade. Oh, I the guess, The season finale yeah. was May 2011. Yeah, well, I'm I'm also extending that to, like, Glee as a whole didn't end until what, like twenty fifteen? Yes. Yeah, yeah. So I'm that that was the time frame that I was using. And Power Rangers has learned its lesson since <laughs> Glee <laughs> question mark. I mean, look, there are some who could argue that Dino Fury does a better job of gay rights and representation than Glee does. <laughs> I mean, it feels better, but like no one's actually said anything about it. But also, listen, let, let's give them the rest of the season. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I believe in Dino Fury. How was the songs? The songs were good. Yeah, the this season had a lot of good songs. And even in, like, episodes where the music was kind of, like, wash it right over you kind of music, I don't think I would say that it was bad overall. Like, were there musical numbers that maybe I would like to change or perhaps uh, strike from the record? Yes, but overall, the music was generally good. Some of it was even fantastic. Yeah, real bangers. Mm-hmm. In fact, I remember some episodes we said nothing but bangers. Yeah, and I think part of it, too, is that, like, and this also will tie in with, like, characters and stuff, is, like, they let more people than Liam Michelle and Matthew Morrison sing. Yeah. <laughs> like... I'm going to tie it back to duets again. Like, in duets, we got a musical duet between Tina and Mike. That wouldn't have happened in season one. <laughs> <laughs> they specifically made it a plot point for sectionals that it's like, you know who's not going to be featured? Rachel and Finn. Yeah. And we got, and you know what we got out of that? We got Valerie and Time of My Life. Valerie was really good. Time of My Life was also good. Yeah. And how about the what characters? About oh, yeah. I, I, I would just agree with everything you say. Okay, yeah. Uh, so about the characters, I think there were definitely characters that felt growing pains in the sense of... We don't know what to do with you. Yeah, the writers didn't know what to do with them yet. Like, poor Sam's characterization over the first, well, let's call it four, three or four episodes, was kind. it, it was kind of wishy-washy. Well, I'd say that was fine because... There was like setting the stage for him to become Kurt's boyfriend, and then when he didn't, that's when it kind of became wishy-washy. Yeah, and I just the I, I guess my thing is like again tying back to like writing and stuff. Like if they had decided before they were recording audition that Sam was going to be Kurt's boyfriend or not, like if they had decided that and then written that or revised the episode with that in mind, it would have been it would have felt more cohesive to me. But kind of like. Going back to the characters in general, I think in a lot of cases, the characters succeeded despite the writing. Yeah. A lot of that is on the actors. That is very true. Mm-hmm. It's like what I say with Power Rangers Dino Charge. <laughs> Part of the reason why it's so good is in spite of the writing and in spite of the directing, it's the actors making the decisions that really, making the acting decisions that really enhance their characters and their performances. Yeah. Artie had no character growth. Yeah. I don't think he ever will. 
Yeah, because I mean, it's like, like, Arnie started the season breaking up with Tina because she wouldn't let him play Halo for 37 weeks straight. And, like, he ended the season having broken up with Brittany because he called her stupid. Artie has not learned. Nope. Which is a shame for Kevin McHale, but... Tina and Mike's whole arc was being together, and, like, they didn't have a lot of forward movement, but I do kind of like that for Like, they were the stable people. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Like, I never got the sense that Tina and Mike's relationship was stagnating offscreen, because Harry Shum Jr. and Jenna Ushkowitz did a very good job at playing them. Yeah. The the only time they stagnated was that one time where she got bored of his abs. <laughs> yeah. And that was, even though it was in kind of a, a stupid subplot of that episode, that joke on its own was funny. And then there were some other characters where it's like, <laughs> Rachel just kept... Backsliding? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, Rachel and, to a certain extent, Will would, like, make progress in their characters improving... And then they would just, and then it's like you said, literally, like, they would backslide over the course of an episode I mean, or two and would be right back to square one. I would say it's different between Rachel and Will because Rachel, it's like, they're clearly trying to have her develop, but they also know that some people like when Rachel's a horrible person or some people dislike Rachel. And so they are, it's like better when she's a horrible person. So yeah, that's a backsliding for her and that's on the writers. But with Will... I don't think at any point anyone realized that he does need to, to develop as a character, so it's not so much he backslides as, this is the characterization we're going with today. Yeah. I think Sue is the one they were really trying to give the character development to, and that I don't even think we can put judgment on that yet, because we have to see how things play out next season. Yeah, that's true, that's true. Because, like, I feel like we we got a couple of different moments this season where Sue was humanized as a character, and, like, she's not a character who just spews vitriol-laden one-liners that just degrade everybody around her except for herself. Like, this season gave her some pathos. Yeah. Which, like, yeah, why not? (laughs) I think the reason it doesn't always work for me is because it's never that she learns a lesson, it's that the, the, the audience is supposed to learn the lessons, and the lesson is, oh, but Sue has her own problems. But we never, she's never told that she should stop being other people's problems. I think the only time is when Kurt says, stop calling me lady. And so then she switches to porcelain. So that's really the only development is that she treats Kurt with a little bit more grace. But it's hard to accept that she's a good person when she's cruel to everyone around her. But then sometimes she turns around and is nice to her sister. I would add on that we got, I think Sue went through more introspection in Funeral than in a lot of the season. Yeah. In that episode, I think it was good because I feel like she did gain the realization that, you know, like, look, as much baggage as I might have about performing arts and how much I hate Will Schuster, I think that was a good episode because she did have growth and, like, she did accept help from the Glee Club, especially because with so many of them, it was genuine, like... Yeah, hey, your sister died. That really sucks. We want to help. Let us help. We are going to help. Yeah. And she had to accept that. Yeah, I think I think with Sue's character development, it's like a long game thing. So we'll just see how mm-hmm. it goes. Mm-hmm. And Lauren, I think she has reached the end of her character. I mean, I know she has because she's gone next season. Yeah. Yeah. It, it is very much a bummer that they could not, they, they will not be able to think of anything else for her to do. So they just write her off. Yeah, I will miss Lauren very much. I will miss Lauren because 
Lauren is another one of those characters where she wasn't really given much characterization, but Ashley Fink did a great job in acting her. Like, having good chemistry with the rest of the cast, especially when it was like, hey, we're all in New York City, or we're all in the classroom and Mr. Schuster is saying something incredibly stupid. Like, Lauren felt like a part of the Glee Club from the minute that she joined, which I love. But at the same time, she wasn't just, like, another ingenue. She wasn't put in a, in a small characterized box like so many of them were, like, at the start of season one. Like, yeah. Lauren came in, and she was great, and I wish she could have stayed for longer. But it would And it would have been interesting. Salty. Actually, no, no. I'll, t- I'll talk about interesting stuff that she could have done in season three <laughs> when we actually finished season three. Sounds good. Sounds good. I'll miss Lauren. Yeah. Okay, bye, girl. <laughs> yeah. On the other hand, she's escaped, so. <laughs> yes. Lauren's Zeissies took one look at Will Schuster and said, mm, better not. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Are, unless there's any other characters you want to take a closer look at, is it episode oh, rankings time? I just want to restate again that this season the writers just completely fucked over Quinn's character. Justice for Quinn. Just this season? <laughs> Isn't that the premise of the show? <laughs> I mean, a little bit, but it's just, it especially stung given that, like, Quinn is a character who was definitely more so of an antagonist in season one. And she kind of got the face turn. And then this season, they just, they stuck her in a revolving door of heel face turns. And I'm salty, especially because, like, like her character is one that I think really would have lent itself to showing development over the course of Glee. Like, in her dynamic with, like, Mercedes and, like, Kurt and Tina and Artie and stuff. And, like, that would have been really cool to see done cohesively, especially when other characters, like, again, Mercedes and Tina and Kurt, not Artie, sorry, Artie, got more to do. And it was more, slightly more consistent. And they just kind of, like, tossed whatever character problems they didn't have a good situation for onto Quinn. Yeah. Dumping ground of character problems. <laughs> Quinn is another character who I feel like I don't want to pass too much judgment until I like we have the full season big picture. But this season especially felt, it felt like, again, backsliding and from a writing perspective, not from a character perspective. Because like a character falling into old habits, that can make yeah. sense, but it didn't feel like that. It felt like the writer saying, well, time for Quinn to be bad again. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't even with any of the kind of like redemptive spins they put on like Rachel for example like they kept trying to be to have it be like Rachel is the main student character that you should care about yeah so they didn't even give that kind of redemptive quality to the problems that Quinn had Glee would be a better show if Quinn was the main character yes (laughs) welcome to not if I reboot you first (laughs) (laughs) but seriously yes offers on the table that's another one where I think I want to wait until we finish the show understandable 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 have a nice day yes hope the podcast is still running in in four years six years four years five years episode rankings time means nothing episode ranking uh do you want to go first or do you want me to go first i was never keeping a list so i think i should just let you go off and then i'll say hmm or oh yeah okay in that case then i'm gonna read off my rankings for season two uh starting from the bottom and now we're here good Uh, so my worst episode of season two of Glee was episode five, Rocky Horror Glee Show. I don't think I need to explain myself Correct. any further. No, just go re-listen to Kit's dissertation. Yes. 
number 21 was Audition, episode 1. Hmm. Because Rachel sent a fucking fellow student to a crack house. <laughs> you know what? That's fair. I mean, I'm not I'm not going to go to bad for Audition. I just feel like <clears throat> Okay, what's what's episode 20? Or right uh, 20. The substitute, season 7. Season, season 7. seven episode 7. <laughs> Episode seven was the episode seven season two (laughs) ranking number 20 the substitute (laughs) see I feel like I would put audition above the substitute because I feel like the substitute was in general a little worse this is just my ranking (laughs) no no I'm I'm just saying my personal (laughs) ranking my my edits to yours like in in my head I feel like audition is worse than substitute because substitute has a terrible moment that really stands out but or audition has a terrible moment that really stands out but substitute is just kind of bad in general yeah I could see that. Episode 19 was... Not episode 19. Gosh dang it. You know what we mean. Number 19 was episode 2, Britney Britney. Yeah, I think that's another episode that falls into the we want to say something, but we don't know what it is. Yeah. Uh, Speaking of that, number 18 was episode 10, A Very Glee Christmas. Yes. Uh, Number 17 was episode 14, Blame It on the Alcohol. You know what? I think I would put Christmas above alcohol actually. Yeah? Yeah. Number 16 was episode 13, Come Back. Yeah, okay. At this point, we get into the episodes, they're just kind of whatever. Yeah. (laughs) Speaking of that, number 15 was episode 17, A Night of Neglect. (laughs) Correct. (laughs) Number 14 was episode 19, Rumors. Yeah, okay. Uh, Number 13 was episode 9, Special Education. Okay. Number 12 was episode 3, Grilled Cheeses. Yeah. Number 11 was uh, episode 15, Sexy. Uh, number 10, so now we're in the top 10, was episode 22, New York. Yeah, that's fair. Number 9 was episode 16, Original Song. Number 8 was episode 21, Funeral. Number 7 was episode 18, Born This Way. Number 6 was episode 20, Prom Queen. Number 5 was episode 12, Silly Love Songs. Number 4 was episode 6, Never Been Kissed. Uh, number three was episode eight, Furt. Number two was episode 11, Sue Sylvester Shuffle. And number one, surprising nobody, was episode four, Duets. Yeah, I think for the top ten, the only thing I'd change, I feel like maybe I'd put Silly Love Songs a bit lower. Not because it was bad, I just I think there were a few other episodes that were stronger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, I think, first off, I think that makes a lot of sense. Second off, I think we should actually do an episode-by-episode ranking next season. Like, keep track of it so that... <laughs> Just go full Morphin Grid with it. Yeah, I mean, why not? Yeah. I mean, I keep that note on myself, so I think we could definitely set up, set it up in, like, the dock or whatever. Yeah. Also, a uh, shout-out, because I was listening to the Kingdom Smarts commentary for Descendants, <laughs> and in, in their Stinger Theater episode, Jake was like, oh yeah, this is how we sync, and Emily was like, yeah, hey, shout-out, Emily, what's up? I was like, yeah, that's how they do it on Loser Like Me, and Jake is like, yeah, they, they stole that from me, and like, yes, we did. <laughs> We didn't. S- Jake counting is in the public domain. <laughs> Jake Mason does not have copyright on the counting up trick for number syncing. Exactly. Sorry, what, did Jake. You, do you expect us to clap like peasants? Apologies to almost every other podcast my friends run who clap. Yeah. Anyways, my laundry just went off, so I'm going to do a brief intermission, and then I'll be back. <laughs> yeah, sounds good. Sounds good. Go take care of your laundry. And I'm just going to sit here. And I guess I'm going to vamp for myself. Gotta make sure I get the lint out the lint trap so I don't burn my apartment down. <laughs> yes, please, please do not burn your apartment down, Tanner. That would be a terrifying experience. 
Although that reminds me that I need to back up my computer. Maybe I'll see if I can run that tonight while I'm at the while I'm at the superb owl game. Although it also reminds me I need to make my sticker doodle checks mix. But it doesn't take too much time, so I should be fine. And I'm literally just here scrolling through my Boko note that I have in my phone. It's so wild to go back through our slushy gold star stuff. Could you believe that in season th- that in season two, episode three of Grilled Cheeses, um, Rachel Berry said, "My dad's peoples were both slaves." <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, I was just going back through uh, our our spreadsheet, and in season two, episode three, um, your worst was Rachel Berry saying, "My dad's peoples were both slaves." <laughs> yeah, it's bad. Joke's jokes bad. Yes. Yes. All right, so now we get to the point of the episode where people questioned us. Yes, I have those pulled up. Me too. Do you want to go first, or we'll alternate asking questions? Yeah, let's definitely alternate asking questions. So I guess you pick which one you want to do first. <laughs> oh, I'm just, I have the tweet, so I'm just going to go in order. Okay. I guess the order is not really in order. No, I don't think it is. Okay. Unless it is. I think it is in order. At least it is on my browser. No, it's not really, because it goes six days ago, one day ago. Six days ago, six days ago, six, four, three hours, three hours, three days, three days, six days, three days, oh. four days. Mine's in chronological order. How about we just stick with you then? Okay. In that case, then, our first question was sent in by Christina at Seawoods Art, who is me, saying, can I send in cues for my own podcast? No. Oh, damn, there goes two th- there goes a third of our questions to answer. How about this, Christina? You can only ask us questions if you dress half like podcast host Christina and then half like podcast fan Christina split down the middle. And one side has to have a little mustache. <laughs> Great. I'll make myself a costume from the night that I drew from four years ago where I, I drew myself as like one of those like watch sellers with like a big trench coat and all the pockets with watches in it, except... All the pockets were labeled with podcast genres. <laughs> like, hey, I heard you want to listen to a new podcast. What if I went as Columbo for Halloween? I think you could do it. I'd have to find a, a Peter Falk wig, though. And it probably would not be good. And so actually, never mind. What if instead of going as Columbo for Halloween, what if I went as series finale Sam Winchester for Halloween? <laughs> <laughs> would you dress as both of the Winchesters at the same time? No, just 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 Sam when he's old and has like the the freaking party city wig. Yeah, <laughs> the iconic wig. Because things that are iconic don't have to be good. Exactly. That's why Glee succeeded. <laughs> Anyways, so what are some other questions that you or people who aren't you sent in? So Emily at Impandanata, current display name Hisui Zero Dawn fire emoji, uh, sent in three questions. That's a good one. Yeah. Good display name. So I feel like we should probably sprinkle hers in with the other questions that we have submitted. Okay. So the first one uh, from Chronological Order is, what starter Pokemon would each Glee member pick? Any region? Here's the thing. Stay tuned. <laughs> I did pre-plan this. <laughs> uh, okay, I figured I could, if, if you would like, I can just do a lightning round because I wrote out my, I, I pre-planned this because there's... 15 kids. <laughs> I think it would be better if we just saved it all for the, the bonus episode that we're going to give everyone a Pokemon team on, actually. Yes. Surprise! Sorry, Emily, you have to listen to more of our podcast. Oh, darn. <laughs> In that case, then, uh, the next question that I will do is from Theo at Four Whole Moons. Current display name, uh, Theodore Monk has said goodbye to tech support. Good for him. Theo simply asks, cast personas. I forgot to make notes for this one. I also did not make notes for this one. And 
I'm going to be real here with y'all. I have never, I think the only time I've had a fursona was like in middle school. And I haven't really thought about fursonas since then. I I made a fursona to get laid. It was an otter. And and also I I, I never got that far. I <laughs> did not get laid. I'm, I mean, I'm, I guess I'm sorry to hear that. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for your sympathy in this trying time. Here, you know what? I found a fursona generator. I mean, we we can't just pick a random animal. We need to we need to think. We need to get inside the minds of the cast. Okay. So Finn, Finn's fursona. I feel like Finn would be really basic, and he wouldn't go out of his way to pick something tall. I think Finn would just be a wolf. Yeah, I could see that. Rachel would be a cat, but like she'd be like a white tiger. Yeah, I was gonna say cat. Something feline for sure. Yes. Kurt. Kurt. Would also be a cat, but like Monka's Trap. Yeah. Kurt's persona is joining the cast of cats. <laughs> oh my god. So this is gonna this is gonna be a weird question because I don't like I said, I don't do fursonas. <laughs> do they have to be mammals? No. I do mean they have to be furred animals. <laughs> technically, it'd be like a scale sona or a feather sona if you want to be real specific, but ah. just the the fact that ah. the first three are mammals is just because I felt like those would work best. Okay, fair. Kurt Peacock. Oh yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And then he can sing Peacock by Katy Perry. There you go. Mercedes. Something loud. Lioness? Yeah, I was thinking that too, actually. Tina. What's the most goth animal? A bat. There we go. Because they also got those cute little ears. Yeah. <laughs> I like bats. They're fun. Artie is a scaly. Artie's would be like a chameleon. Yeah, I could see that. I could see that. Or a frilled lizard. Frilled lizard, absolutely. With that silly little run they do. <laughs> Mike would be... I think Mike would also be a bird. Ooh, what about one of those, not a secretary bird, but hold up, I gotta Google this. Actually, no, I could see Mike as a secretary bird. Bird with big frill that does dances. There we go, found it. Uh, I was going to suggest uh, that Mike be a bird of paradise. <laughs> see, because I'm specifically thinking of the superb bird of paradise. It is the one that is all black, but has the iridescent, vivid blue feathers, and it, like, swings them around to do a very fun little dance. Yeah. Yeah, that's Mike. <laughs> Puck's persona is... Oh, hang on. What's my order? Because I have a specific order for all uh, Glee AUs. Quinn's persona is... Yes. You know, I bet she had a snow leopard, and then Rachel picked a white tiger, and Quinn got really pissed, so she decided to change it to something else. So Quinn is a secretary bird. There you go. There you go. Puck's fursona is also a wolf, mm -hmm. but it's a wolf with bat wings and like an eye patch. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say a wolf, a wolf with super cool edgy scars. And it has tiger stripes, <laughs> but they're bright red and they glow. Puck's fursona is just the hero Zamazenta, <laughs> or Zacian. Zacian is the one with the sword. <laughs> Puck's persona is Zorork. <laughs> he falls into that category of free. <laughs> yeah. Brittany's persona is a pink cat. Yes. Santana's persona is a spitting cobra. Wait, would Santana's be a shark or would or would Puck's be a shark? Oh, that's hang on. Puck's would no, Puck's would be a shark. He'd be a shark wolf. Mm -hmm. He's a he's a wolf with shark teeth and fins and tail, but he also has bat wings and an eye patch and tiger stripes that glow bright red in the dark. Absolutely. Because Puck is a sex shark, but Santana's mm -hmm. like a lizard. She needs something warm underneath her to digest her food. What about a hyena? 
Uh, They're matriarchal. Here's the thing. I feel like Lauren would be a Hina. Okay. I can dig it. I can dig it. I think it makes... I think Santana would be something reptilian. Mm-hmm. A colorful lizard. But but no, but not too close to Artie's. Maybe it should be like a corn snake. Ooh, those, yeah, there you those go. Those are the really venomous ones. Or is it the coral snake? I think it's the coral snake is the, venom- the venomous one, but the corn snake is non-venomous and just developed similar coating for protection. Right. Or she could be a black mamba. I think that's a reference and I don't know it. <laughs> well, a black mamba is a snake. Yes, I know that. But also in, oh, what's his name? He's blue. Tanner, do you know how a little that narrows it down? <laughs> that blue man and everyone likes him. There is no queen of England. Megamind. Oh. His, his final battle outfit is called the black, black mamba. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Okay, and yes, we were thinking of the corn snake, which is non-venomous, and it helps take care of rodent pests, and it looks like the copperhead. Okay, uh, Sam's fursona is one of those buff bara tigers from Zootopia. Yeah, just because he wants to have a buff animal. Yes. <laughs> Sam's like, what's the hottest fursona? <laughs> Don't look in Sam's search history, it's all looking for the hottest fursona. <laughs> Blaine's fursona is would unicorn. Blaine have a bird or what's what's I'm sorry? I was gonna say unicorn or dragon, but then I was like, no, penguin. <laughs> <laughs> Spoilers for season three, but Blaine's gonna be wearing a lot of little uh Mr. Rogers-esque outfits, and that just makes me think penguin. Yeah, and a penguin and a bow tie, a real dapper penguin. <laughs> there you go, there you go. Um we always said that Lauren is a Hina. Yes. Will's fursona, uh, I don't want to think most about boring Will. Animal. Will, Will picking a fursona to blend in with the kids. So Will's is also a wolf. Okay. Emma's fursona is a deer. Deer, no question. Yeah. And Sue's fursona is a velociraptor. Yes. And I think we should probably leave it at that for the main cast. <laughs> yeah. We don't want to, don't, don't think about Jacob and Israel's fursona. No, 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 no. Becky's is a, a Dilophosaurus. Yes. She had something more chill before, but then she became Sue's minion and she decided to go with another dinosaur. Yes, she decided to upgrade to dinosaur. Exactly. Awesome. Thank you for that question, yeah. Theo. Yes, thank you. What's next? Let's do another question from Emily. Um, and actually answer it this time. Yes. <laughs> she asks, how much money do you think Rachel spends buying gold stars in bulk? Well, because you specifically said in bulk, I'm guessing probably $500 per year or less. How many gold stars do you think she goes through a day? I'm going to say in between between 10 to 30 per day. That, that's high. I was going to say around 10. Yeah, well, some days she's doing more signing. Could you imagine just Rachel putting a gold star whenever she signs a check? Yes. Turn it into the freaking rent office and like, here's my check. With a little gold foil sticker on it. So here's the thing. On Amazon, yes. I can get 1,080 mini star stickers, bulk metallic, small removable, reward decals, foil star stickers for kids, students, teachers, gold half an inch diameter. Yes. For $8.99. Okay. Okay. So, so we scale that back to... if the, let's, let's say an average of 20 a day. Yeah. I multiply that by 365. That is 7,300. So then we divide that by 10... 80 that's about if we round up that's going to be seven packages a year 
So she's okay. only actually spending seven times nine. Uh, mm-hmm. That's sixteen dollars. Oh, that's oh, that's seven plus nine. Whoops. Thank you for making the sacrifice of doing math. <laughs> About sixty-three dollars a year plus shipping. So let's let's give a generous estimate. Call of like, it a hundred. Let's call it a hundred. Sometimes she's like feeling generous and she gives gold stars to other people too. There you go. There you go. Let me see if there's any funny reviews. <laughs> These are more like pinwheels than stars. They are not symmetrical at all. Disappointing. <laughs> and you know she would leave bad reviews if they were bad. <laughs> They're stars. I'm looking at the. Oh no! I guess I guess some of them are a little pinwheelie shaped, but still. Ah. <laughs> You're right, but you shouldn't say it. <laughs> I'm gonna keep this yeah. up. I'm gonna send that into Vishnu Sammy. There you go. There you go. All right. Next question. All right. Uh, next question is one of the ones that I sent in. Which two characters would you want to see on Crime Scene Kitchen? Um, I guess the important question here is, Tanner, have you seen any Crime Scene Kitchen or just the Sarah Zed video about it? Just the Sarah Zed video, but I think that pretty much covers it. Yes, yes it does. I'm gonna say Kurt and Mercedes. Honestly, really, any any reality show that involves teams from the get-go is gonna be Kurt and Mercedes. Mm Mm-hmm. I could see that, I could see that. Like, Crime Scene Kitchen, Amazing Race, those are the only two I can think of. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If they didn't know each other before Big Brother and they'd gone to Big Brother, they'd align themselves for Big Brother. Yes. I also can't think of any other real competition shows that involve teams. Yeah. Aside from, like, Survivor. Yeah. The funny thing is, both of them did not come here to make friends. They came here to win. But, because they go so well together. Yes. Yes. Alright, next question. Actually, I was- (laughs) Oh yeah, I guess you can also answer your own questions. Um, my my team that I had been thinking about was actually going to be Mercedes, not Mercedes, it was going to be Kurt and Puck. Oh no, I like Kurt no. and Mercedes better. Flashing back to vintage Puckert fix. That's not a corner of the internet that I was ever on and I really don't wish to be on it, so. They were forced to be on Crime Scene Kitchen as a bit to win money, but over the course of it they fell in love. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with what you said with, with Mercedes and Kurt. You know, Puck and Mercedes would be an interesting combo, too. They could. It would have to mostly be Mercedes trying to get Puck to actually do the things they have to do. Yeah. I think Mercedes is the best person to be on a reality show. I think that's the conclusion we're getting to. Yes. Yes, she is very goals-oriented. Yes. And she's good under fire. Okay, let's... Next question. Okay. Next question uh, that we will do is also one from Theo. Theo asked... Which members of the cast deserve to be really the hardest and why? Well, and I, I clarified, characters are real people. And Theo said, dealer's choice. Characters, Will. Real people, Rachel and Leah, who are the same person. Yes. Characters, I would say also maybe Sue Sylvester, if you, if you do not fear death. <laughs> yeah, like, she, you, she should get a swirly to humble her, but, like, can you imagine what an undertaking that would be? Yes. It would be terrifying. Artie, I feel like that would be mean if we swirlied Artie, but I do kind of want to smack him in the face. Yeah. Swirly is a step too isn't there? Isn't there a scene where someone was threatening to swirly Artie? Someone definitely got a swirly threatening at some point, but we never saw it on screen because it's always just the slushy facial. Yeah. Let's do this question next. Comes from our friend Brendan at Sonata Waves, current display name. Brendan Verbena Mage, non dairy. <laughs> <laughs> Brendan asks, which six club members would you make Power Rangers, and what colors would you assign them? Hey, Brendan, what's the opposite of stay tuned? 
<laughs> Not to be mean. Stayed tuned. You, if you have been staying tuned, you don't need to get stay tuned. Well, see, Brendan asked this question, and we we did do a whole Glee thing last year. For this year, we have more students. We have new characters. That's true. And I did, I did come up with a brief outline of what the six-person team would look like. And we All can right. lightning round this real quick if you want. Yeah, the, the, now you can give me that lightning round. <laughs> yes. Uh, so the red, I was going to say, was Finn. Yeah. Uh, for blue, I was going to say either Sam or Mike. Okay. Because I'm going with Mighty Morphin color scheme here. Black would be either Puck or Tina. Okay. Uh, yellow would be Lauren or Mercedes. Mm-hmm. Pink would be Mercedes or Rachel. Okay. And the sixth ranger, so green or white, doesn't really matter. Either Kurt, Quinn, or Lauren. Thoughts, comments, concerns. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm percolating. I think my pick for just six would be Finn is red. Blue can mm-hmm. be... No, Sam should be green because he's a newcomer. Okay. Mercedes, pink. Tina, black. Uh, Lauren, yellow. And Kurt, blue. And Rachel is... After 10,000 years, she's free. It's time to conquer Earth. <laughs> Boom. I agree. Yes, there we go. Oh, we forgot. To, sorry. I just realized. Let me let me backtrack a bit because we forgot to say Karofsky's persona. Oh, okay. Karofsky's persona is a bear, but he's not going to uh, get a persona until next year. Yeah, he's a baby bear. <laughs> he's a cu- We can call him a cub. Oh, oh yeah. Let's do a uh, last question from Emily. Uh, she asked, if you could take one other TV show and replace its showrunner with Ryan Murphy, what show would you pick? The Flash. And here's the thing, I don't- what? The Flash. Sure. I- here's the thing, I don't really watch that much television, so the only one that I could think of would be, like, what if you had Ryan Murphy take over House? <laughs> The Ryan Murphy medical drama would be fascinating. They should just have it him would. direct at least one episode of Grey's Anatomy, just to see what happens. Grey's Anatomy is still going on? Yeah, they just got renewed for their 19th season. Jeez. I think Ryan Murphy, someone should give him a superhero show. Because he would give it the campiness yeah. it deserves. And, like, mm-hmm. Batwoman seems to be doing pretty good on its own. I haven't watched a lot of it since the second season started, but it looks mm-hmm. great from from what I've seen. Gotham feels like it was already run by Ryan Murphy, so I'm not sure what his presence would have done to it. Yeah. And Legends of Tomorrow was already campy and unhinged, so we don't need Ryan Murphy in there anyways. Mm -hmm. So I think the best result, the one with the best returns, would be The Flash. Okay, okay. What about Ryan Murphy, Birds of Prey? Mm. I know that's not on the air right now, but... That's that's true, not since the the 2001 or 2000. Yeah, I would give Ryan Murphy a Birds of Prey show. Mm -hmm. Especially, like... Doing it now. Yeah. When he has regained some shred of credibility. My first pick would be, like, Kathy Ann and the rest of the crew from the movie. But if the option yes. was Birds of Prey show with Ryan Murphy or none Birds of Prey show ever, I'd take the Ryan Murphy. I'd bite that bullet. There you go. There you go. And like like many things, it may not necessarily be good, but sure as shit be fun. <laughs> yeah. Okay, uh, next question, last one from Theo. There's a martial arts tournament arc between the entire cast. Who brings home the W? Lauren and Mike is in second. Yes. 
Categorically. Yes. Lauren Zeises did have a fight with a Glee Club member on screen, and she won. Yeah. Uh, I'll do my last question, as in the last one that I asked. You are given executive power to remove one musical performance from the season. Which is it and why? Um... Touch and touch and touch me. Yeah, there you go. I was going to say Trouty Mouth, but... <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah, Trouty Mouth. No, see, Trouty Mouth is fine on its own. It's the fact that they kept on, like, bringing it back that made it a problem. Yeah. I think t- yeah. Touch and Touch and Touch Me is the most uncomfortable song in the most uncomfortable episode. <laughs> yes, especially with how they included the students. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Other question. I think the next one was uh, from our friend Lindsay at Lindsay M four seven six. Lindsay spelled with an A. Current display name: Lindsay with a whole bunch of winter emojis. She asks number one: Which albums should have been covered in the series? I feel like they should have done some Cascada. Yeah. Well, are we like are we talking songs or are we talking albums? Like the way that they did the rumors episode. I'm assuming that Lindsay means in the sense of how they did rumors. Okay. Now I have to think of album, like full albums that I like, or at least noteworthy albums that were out at the time of the show. Uh-huh. I think the only time they ever did a Tears for Fear songs was they sing Everybody Wants to Rule the World in the fourth season. I think they should have done a whole episode on songs from the big chair. That's like the most noteworthy Tears for Fears album. That's the one. It has Shout. It has Everybody Wants to Rule the World. It has Head Over Heels. Okay. Do they do a Green Day episode? no they'd only do one green day song and i think it actually got cut from the episode so yeah a green day album would be good a fallout boy album they never did any fallout boy mm-hmm. what about simple plan they are very lacking in pop punk honestly like the only pop punk they got yeah. to was the one time they did my chemical romance yeah basically i feel like they should have asked an actual teenager for advice on an album to do yeah but that's also, like, it's interesting because music, mm-hmm. at the time that Glee was on, they were selling more for singles than they were for al- full yeah. albums because of streaming and, stream- like, music streaming and iTunes and stuff is why Glee was able to get so successful is because people mm-hmm. could just buy the songs. They didn't have to buy a full Glee album, just cherry pick all the songs you like. You know who they could have done a whole album from? Taylor Swift. Yes. I'm surprised they never did a full Taylor Swift tribute. They could have done, like, remixes and stuff, too, and, like, different versions. Glee, Taylor's version. Yeah, really. <laughs> but yeah, I think I think my most the album I most have wanted them to do that existed at the time would be Songs from the Big Chair by Tears for Fears. There's some like if mm-hmm. if we do a Glee boot or if I get far enough in my fanfic, there's a few other albums that I liked most of the thing, like one of the Wallows albums you could make a whole Glee episode out of. Oh wait, ABBA! If th- they never did an ABBA tribute episode. And they never did an ABBA tribute? No, they. The, I think the only ABBA song they did was Mamma Mia. And I feel like they wasted that one too. No, they did Dancing Queen and Prom Queen. They did do Dancing Queen. But they should have done an ABBA, and if they picked a specific ABBA album, they should have done Voulez Vu, because that's the best ABBA album. Mm-hmm. The best ABBA album, if you will. I'm changing my answer. Uh, I think they should have done the album mm-hmm, by uh, Reliant K. I'm not familiar with that one. They're kind of like alt-rock pop punk and also a little bit christian rock but mm-hmm, it was a really solid record and there's enough songs I on searched it for reliant k on wikipedia and got redirected to the plymouth reliant the car yeah because reliant k is spelled with two e's yeah yeah sorry <laughs> they named themselves after the car but changed one letter so it wasn't like copyright or anything there you go 
Christian music? They should have done a Christian rock episode. <laughs> that would have been way better than Grilled Cheeses. Yeah. Oh, no, they could have, if it wasn't just an album tribute, they could have done the one where the kids and they sing about the abuse and it's bad. Do you feel like a man when you push her around? Will you tell what you, my fuck? friend, one day these things, they will end. Hang on, I'm getting there. Face Down by Red Jumpsuit Apparatus. Oh, okay. Do you feel like a man when you push her around? Do you feel better now as she falls to the ground? Well, I'll tell you, my friend, one day this world's got to end. As your lies crumble down, a new life she has found. Oh my god. The teen angst. No, apparently they're a real good band, and they're, like, good good people, too. You know how sometimes you, you hear Christian rock, and you're like, oh no, what dark secrets do you hold? Well, they hold none. They they, they are good <laughs> people. Oh, good. That's, that's good to hear. Okay, I think that takes care of that question. Yes. Oh, and also, maybe, the, maybe they'll do a, a Tragically Hip album tribute episode just for Lindsay. <laughs> <laughs> I think that means that our last question, then, is from... Nope, scratch that. I missed Lindsay's second question which she included in the same treat, which is fine. Um, Lindsay asks, is Will Schuster the actual villain of Glee? Yes. yes. No no debate there. No he doubt is. about it. <laughs> Last question then is from your friend and mine, Jake Mason, at JJ underscore Mason on Twitter, uh, who asks, is there ever a body swap episode? And if not, what would you do for one? Yes, I think there is a body swap episode. <laughs> there is a body swap episode. And I think they should have cool. done more body swapping in it. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't remember what that episode was, so I will say when we get there. Because <laughs> that's like season four, right? No, that's next season, but it's near the end. Oh, okay. Okay, okay. And I think that's it for questions. That's the episode. We questioned ourselves and each other and this season. <laughs> and now the season yeah. is dead. Well, not quite, because we, we, got, we got more Boko coming y'all's yeah, way. Yeah, but the Bokos aren't season two specific, necessarily. That's true. Oh, but first... Before we do the crossover, the Glee crossover episode, not the Us crossover episode, we gotta do the concert movie. So I guess, I guess the concert movie is part of season two. Okay. Yeah. Update from Future Tanner. We're not gonna do a whole episode on the concert movie. There's barely anything to say about the concert movie. We'll talk about it when we get to the Glee project. Okay, bye. I guess I'll go ahead and do the outro then. Yeah. Loser like me is a porter of the- Loser like me is a porter of the corner. <laughs> <laughs> and Will Wonka's Chocompacko. Oh, God. Loser Like Me is a part of the Corner Podcast Network. We can be heard on your local podcasting platform of choice, and if we aren't there, let us know what we'll work on getting there. We can be found at Loser Like Me Pod on Twitter and at Loser Like Me Pod at gmail.com. Next time, we're going to do some Boko. Yeah. Like Tanner literally just said, we're going to be watching the Glee concert movie. Well, unless, do you have all your notes ready for Pokemon? Because if you have time, we could just do Pokemon now. <laughs> I do have my notes for Pokemon ready because I forgot that we were doing the concert movie. <laughs> I forgot that was supposed to air do, in between. Do you want to just have the Pokemon episode be the next one then? Sure. There we go. We've, we've solved our own puzzle. <laughs> we've solved our scheduling puzzle. <laughs> so yeah, ne- next time, Pokemon. Yes. Gotta gleek them all. Yes. Indeed. Gotta sing them all. But until next time, three, two, one, and, and that's, that's what, what you missed miss on Glee. <laughs> Just go ahead and grab a chair and listen now As we riff this show Tanner and Christine are gonna figure out Why we love this show Better grab your golden stars and slushies Cause you're listening You're listening To loser like me 
Nothing of consequences happened. There you go. There you go.